everybody. Hey, this week's post is um, it's a guest post, and it's from uh, Sonia Montiero, and I probably butchered that name. Sorry, Sonia. <laughs> but Sonia is, lives in central Portugal, and she was born in a small village next to the city of Coimbra. Sorry, I probably butchered that too. Where she attended the university study, studying journalism, and she got severely ill with depression before she could finish her studies. And this would lead, would be the beginning of a very long journey towards the cure. And while she was able to come out of the depression, she was diagnosed with schizophrenia almost 20 years later. In the meantime, she has worked as a caretaker for ill and elderly people, and recently she had to stop her activity due to complications of her illness, but had the opportunity to pursue an undergraduate degree in modern languages, including English. And so I just I just really love to get guest posts from uh, people who have, who have walked the talk. <laughs> You know, and this one of Sonia's is one of those. And so I'm just going to read it out. I think it's marvellous. And um, I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more from Sonia. Anyway, let's read. Uh, I used to be depressed, severely depressed, the kind of state that makes it hard for facial muscles to react to other people's joyful interaction. Know the feeling? Another indicator I find that confirms my sadness is when I walk through the yard after dark with the lights out. The dark strikes you even darker as it merges with the sadness inside, despite a wonderfully starlit sky. I often feel peace looking up at the stars. The sight of them makes me feel as if I'm in the company of close friends and closer to where I belong. In my understanding, sadness happens as a reaction to our social living. A tone of voice can often be the simple trigger for sadness in the sensitive heart. Or maybe even a broken relationship, or maybe a broken relationship, or the absence of a loved one can easily be the causes for sadness that will throw you in the dark place. I've learnt not to ignore my sadness, but it wasn't always like this. Over time, I learned to acknowledge my inner state and act on it with some self-care actions. Washing my hair often helps, or trimming my nails. These are very simple daily actions that can have an impact on how I feel. Do you have your own self-care actions sorted out for the darker days? I often think of the time I find I often think of the time I find myself in the dark as a time of fasting. Not that I actually fast the sadness away, but my sad but my state of sadness is equivalent to fasting. In a way, it makes sense as sadness prevents you from engaging in day-to-day joyful fuzziness. Uh, It's a kind of emotional fasting. The Bible's advice for such days of fasting include self-care actions. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen and your Father who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Matthew 6, 17-18 However, forced and uninformed, you may think my my reading of the Bible is, it can't do us wrong to know that, maybe even feel, 
that God is looking after us in the lesser days when one might feel put aside and alone in one state of mind. I find comfort in knowing God is looking after me. He is there washing my hair with me, giving me the strength to care for myself and eventually changing the darkness in my heart. And then there is a promise, he will reward you. Do you find that a change in the heart is a small thing to achieve? If so, you probably haven't found the joy of renewed strength, but you will. When I was depressed, I used to feel empty and I worried that I wasn't living with God in my heart. Later, I realized that God is always with us, even when we don't feel connected to him. Especially when we don't feel connected with him, I would say, daring. I would dare saying. I thought because I myself rejected my negative feelings that God rejected them too. But I was wrong. He welcomes our difficult states of mind. Furthermore, negative feelings are not a reflection of God's disapproval. He is like a good-hearted friend that promises to sit with us in the dark. Lewis Carroll, in his work Alice in Wonderland, immortalised the following words. When you can't look on the bright side, I'll sit with you in the dark. I often take these words as something that God would say to me. He's that generous and more. The Bible even has a strong statement of God's presence with us through the dark. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I've often... I'm often in the dark, not only with sadness, but because I suffer the effects of anxiety related to my schizophrenia. This is a very different kind of darkness. It's often a loss of my ability to reason that causes me not to think straight without a lot of effort, even pain. That's usually when fear hits too. As it happens, often, I like to look around the places where I feel... I like to be around places where I feel safe where I can just sit and lean my head or lay down comfortably in order to release the strain more easily. Are you able to lay down when you're unwell without a guilty feeling? That's a good thing. Sometimes carers insist on the importance of keeping active, but there are times when you really do better to just stay put, lay down and relax. When I lose my reasoning, I feel great comfort in having a trusted person around that can check up on me if the crisis settles in for longer than expected. While I wait for the trouble to pass, I like to be visited by two kinds of thoughts. One, that the the sun always shines after a long, dark night. Two, that there are limits for the intensity of of one's feelings or ideas. In the end, I'm limited in my own capacity to feel pain. I believe that if, hap- that if happiness is often such a momentous feeling, then such limitation exists, also for that which causes us suffering. It's not easy to go through darkness unattended. It helps if you have someone around to keep you company, someone that you bond with, with a link of trust. God has provided that for me, although it's a bit awkward to rely on one's mother for company after adulthood. I feel a sting of pride sometimes, but I prefer to see heaven's work in in my life than to keep my pride intact. The spiritual life is indeed very narrow for my pride inflated self. When you can't look on the bright side, I'll sit with you in the dark. 
Here's a statement that I take with awe every time. The dark can keep you from even allowing someone by your side. That's okay if you live in harmony with yourself. But it's difficult if the cause for your solitude is a reluctant heart. If you find it difficult to choose between being alone and being in the company of another. Maybe you think you'd be better off alone. Sometimes I do too. But unless the company is toxic, it's preferable that someone sits by you in the dark. That way the dark will not be as dark. When the crises are through, I usually spend some time journaling. I found that to be a very helpful habit <coughs> because it helps me escape the tension of my own thoughts and feelings. I discharge them while writing them down. Would you like to try that sometime? Through journaling, while I'm analysing my emotions, I found the value of being patient and letting someone in my heart. There is much wisdom to such an attitude. In fact, the Bible points in that direction. And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Ecclesiastes 4.12 God himself waits for an opportunity to approach us with tenderness and care. He aims at keeping our emotions in good shape. Would you find it strange Thing, find it a strange thing to talk to your emotions in order to understand them. Here's hoping you, you can remember that God is with you when you feel alone and in the dark. Some questions. What is the best attitude towards negative emotions? Number two. When does the acknowledgement and acceptance of negative emotions become an emotional tool to be used for better health? Three. In what way? Are our habits of thought and behaviour modelling our emotional life? So that's our contribution from Sonia. Wonderful, wasn't it? Uh, <clears throat> if you'd like to pass on some comments to Sonia, email me, barry at turningthepage.co.nz. And uh, just thank you for uh, listening or watching. Perhaps you'd like to share this episode with someone that you might know that actually needs to hear this type of stuff. And also just a thank you to those people who regularly give and donate to running this this podcast and this vlog. Um, may you have a good day. And know, and please know that when you are in that dark place, um, often there will be someone who is willing to sit with you in the dark. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs>